0: Hello, everybody. This is Nathan, and I am coming to you from the Board Game Gambit
1: podcast. My co-host is... Jackie. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to our first episode, which is actually our third episode, where we keep losing them and restarting them. <laughs> it has been a learning process in terms of technicality, but we're here today. And we're here today to talk about drafting games. That will be the theme of our episode. And before that, we were thinking of talking about what we've played and then moving to the main theme of this episode. So, Jackie, what have you played this week? So this Saturday, we held what we called Viking Day, uh, which not surprisingly involved a lot of Viking playing games, a few Viking-inspired drinks, and we played from early in the morning until late at night, only games that attain to Vikings in some way. Some were strongly thematic, other were definitely not. And one of the ones that was definitely not, but that I had quite some fun playing, was Odin's Ravens. Have you played it? I think I've played that with
0: you once.
1: So it's this very small game where you have a l- row of land cards, basically color-coded uh Uh, cards and you are going through the path and your opponent is doing the same in the reverse sense and you play cards that match the lands to cross them to move forward basically with your little raven or you have special cards that can switch them flip them eliminate them move them and you're trying to gain a tactical advantage on your opponent you are drawing back to your hand size and when you cross the finish line first you win. And I'm horrible at it, but it's fun. I think I beat you. <laughs> oh, everyone beats me, so don't feel too ba- good about it. But yeah, um, I am very, very bad at it. I don't know what it is. I try probably to be too efficient and then I get left behind or I don't know how to be efficient and I waste cards. I don't know. But it's fun and it's cute. So how is that related to Vikings? Because it's the, they are the Ravens of Odin, which is the Norse main god and they travel nordic lands and there is a kind of a viking which i guess it's odin on the cover so it's viking adjacent is what you're saying yes we, we also played some actual viking game in which you get to murder and uh village so no worries those are my favorite i know i know they are um <laughs> It has been a while since you played um, Champions of Midgard, I think, though, right? Way, way, way too long. I really like that game. Yeah, we played that too, and that that's more up my alley. You collect resources, you collect dice, which are your warrior, and then every turn you get to fight monsters. And it was a good game. I think the expansions, well, I'm not bringing any new revelation, everyone says that, but made it into a very complex but also well more complex um it's not particularly complex but also a very very satisfying game in which you can use resources to do stuff and even then when things don't go your way you have mitigating factors and then you can spend your dead vikings that gain you glory in valhalla to do other stuff so yeah we we also played some things where you can actually kill monsters and things like that
0: i do remember that game going very long how long did it take you to play
1: it wasn't super long despite playing it with four, which surprised me. Because normally it's a game that I'd rather play with three, specifically because of that. Because it tends to get longer with um, with more players, with four players. I think you can play with five, maybe even with six, which would be complete and utter madness to me. But it took probably around two hours, which wasn't bad. We also already have play, had played it all of us so explanation was minimal it was very very solid and everyone went for a different strategy and they all worked more or less successfully it was great awesome so for me unless did you have more games you wanted to talk about Uh, it's fine let's move forward with yours so i can always talk more (laughs) (laughs) all right so two games
0: that i've played within the last week that i'm excited to talk about are clans of caledonia which Mm -hmm. is a it's a very odd game it has elements that touch a lot of different things it has you know the market where you're buying and selling goods you have sort of a spatial element where you're trying to expand along territories and gain bonuses by building next to people who have certain things already established you are trying to complete uh, mini objectives throughout the game and all in all it it has
1: all these little things that I feel add up to a pretty good game have you played it I played it once when it came out so I don't know how old it is but I don't remember it particularly well I remember finding it somehow a muted euro in more or less every regard Um, In that, both visually, it's Clemens Franz's heart, that very classic, look at me, I'm a Euro. But also, there were mechanisms which I didn't dislike per se, but it also didn't particularly excite me. It was like the market, I remember being fine, but, oh, I have to produce the milk, and with that, I get the cheese. And then I pay the cheese to the contracts, hoping that the new contracts that come out, I can... Satisfy because the way they come out you're never guaranteed to have something that you can pay for and now I don't have the cheese anymore and I have to start over again I I remember it being very grinding uh, to me but again I only played it once so I'm not claiming an expertise on it so I played
0: it with some friends that I have here on Cape Cod and I feel a little spoiled because it was this like deluxified version cuz i mean why not right <laughs> but now i feel like if i were to play it just the standard version i would be really sad <laughs> but the the components that were pretty interesting as far as the upgrade was it was a i think it was broken token insert but it had like these like locking trays that overlaid onto your little board so everything every little uh, wooden piece like locked into place. So that was really cool to try and see how, how everything was on there. And the thing, the one thing I will say that I didn't particularly care for about the game was the variable player powers. So each person starts out with a different clan because it's the clans of Caledonia and the different clans have drastically different powers so for one person, they made cheese, or not cheese, they made milk, rather. Um, And the, like, backstory of their their person was that they can make milk into butter, and, and so every time you produce milk, you could then later sell it for uh, a set amount of eight coins. So that, like very heavily influenced how this player played the game. They ended up not winning, but it was like, oh, that's not fair. Like, she keeps making milk and getting eight coins every turn, and then she was getting two milk.
1: So so it railroads re- you a little bit? You feel that you are constrained in a certain strategy? Yeah, I felt like that was very, like,
0: heavy to, like... Th- so the game itself is mid to heavy, like an economic game, and I feel like In that kind of game, you want to be able to have all of your options open. And I feel like that was the one part about it that I was like, oh, well, if like something happens where they can't make this or someone else piggybacks off of what they're doing via these like action bonuses when you're when you build things that it kind of doesn't allow you
1: to change what you're doing. So do you feel like that's integral to the game or are the special player powers optional?
0: No, I think they're part of the game. I would be interested to see how it plays as another clan. I played a clan that was, what was mine? Oh, I got a discount on building like the advanced good production buildings. So I kept like tearing them down and building them up and tearing them down because it was cheap for me to do it. And then I would just use my building bonus to get other people's things. So it was, I don't know, the more I think about it and the more that we have I've talked
1: about it just now, <laughs> I'm like, oh, was that a good game? I mean, it wasn't unpleasant when I played it. It, it was a fine two and a half hours, I think, when we played it. But I never felt the the need to go back. I mean, I like the meeples, the animeeples, but
0: yeah, I think that I would play it again with a smaller player count because at four it was so dragging, and it was weird. Like we didn't sit in player order, so or no, that's it. Player order changes as you go. Okay, you pass, and then it it's like um five tribes where, like, when you pass, you get the first option. Okay, Uh, so you might not play for a long time. (laughs) Right. So you pass, and then people just can keep doing stuff.
1: Oh, okay. So it's not like Five Tribes. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing about the, the, the special powers... I feel like that's creeping into a lot of Euros, like the expansion for one of my favorite games, Tolkien, I never got around to get the expansion because I like some parts of it, but the special powers in particular are a little underwhelming. Not in that they are not significant. Actually, some people say they are too significant. I haven't played it enough. I played it once, so I certainly cannot claim whether they are balanced or not, but that's not even my problem. My problem is that if I have something that pushes me into a direction and other people are using their own power, I must use my own power. Otherwise, I'm leaving precious point on the table. Um, And that's more and more common. I know that is also in Architects of the West Kingdom. You have options to have um, special powers. I haven't tried them yet. Oh, by the way, in that series, in the Garfield game series, uh, we also played the... Raiders of the North North Sea, which I also like a lot. And that does not have um, player power. And I was wondering how having player powers in-game seems really cool and I like it a lot in other games. But in straight-up Euro games, it feels like my choice is a little predetermined for me.
0: Yeah, it feels like it, it forces you to play a certain way. And if, like you said, yeah, if you don't, you're... Missing out on easier ways to get points. And if other people are exploiting their player powers to the fullest extent, then they're, you know, they have the upper hand.
1: The designer was his second game, but I haven't played the other one. Is Jumal Juju. Um, His previous game was Green Deal, which I have not at all heard of. Um, but it seems like a very, very different game. So it was it clearly studied a lot of very good games, and the game is solid. Don't get me wrong. there is no mechanism in the game that feels out of place the The points are balanced. I didn't feel there was something I absolutely needed to go to and looking at the images of the game, it's coming back to me. But again, I was way more excited looking at it and then playing it. It looked like I was expecting something radically new, like when I played Terra Mystica, which has some visual similarities with with the fact that you remove buildings from your board. But while I, I'm not enamored with Terra Mystica, it's not a game that I love, but at least that was very different. It was radically new when I played. It was, oh, this is a game you take notice of. This one, People were raving about it when it came out. Maybe I had high expectations. I don't know. It didn't work for me.
0: I mean, it seems like it's still maintaining some popularity. It has, it's ranked uh, 44 overall on The perfect date on BGG. Yes. And BGG, of course to those listening who may or may not know, is the end-all be-all website for board game information. BoardGameGeek.com. Yes, we are not sponsored or affiliated (laughs) with BoardGameGeek. It's just, it is the Wikipedia of board games.
1: Yes, we just
0: underwent
1: uh, actually much needed restyling, which confuses me, but only because I'm not used to it. It's actually very good.
0: The other game that I played was... uh,
1: Black Angel, and we played that together. Uh, Um, Did we? Uh, I don't know. I have some PTSD, and I I might not remember. No, I do. I do remember. (laughs) Black Angel
0: is a game that often gets... Well, actually, before I get into Black Angel, I was going to say that the person that I played with also said that Terra Mystica and Clans of Caledonia are very similar. They also drew that comparison. So um, I have never played Terra Mystica, but now that
1: multiple people have made that comparison, I would be interested in playing it. It also comes with the space version, if you prefer it. Gaia Project, which is... I haven't played Gaia Project, but it's supposed to be, at the same time, very similar and with more open-ended possibilities. I don't know if that makes Mm. it better or worse. I
0: don't know. (laughs) So um, back to Black Angel. Black Angel... Is a game by Sebastian Duhardin, Xavier Georges, uh, and Elaine Orban. Uh, it was published by Pro Games and it is a game that, another game that gets compared to an earlier predecessor. In this instance, it's Trois. Mm-hmm. And it's because of one of the main mechanisms of the game where you're rolling dice and you're going to be using those dice for actions, but other people have the opportunity to get those dice from you and use them as their own by paying you for those dice with resources. The artist is one that has gotten a lot of different projects going on, and I really, really enjoy his art. It is Ian O'Toole. So he has done this, he's done On Mars, he's done
1: quite a few things. Yes, um, and I must say that I generally like him. Here, I feel his art was obscure by the garish graphic design, meaning that whenever you can focus on a piece of art, it's good, but when you look at the game, it's a lot of yellow and green and red, and which is not actually the art, is the the graphic design outlay. And to me, the ensemble was not very pleasant. Then when I started looking at the alien races depicted on the cards, or the background of the big ship reactor and things like that, it was indeed a masterfully crafted thing. But even when I look at the main image here on BGG to refresh my memory, it's really, really garish, a little too much for me compared say to Lisboa or on Mars which I think they are both by him but the art is both by by the same artist they have way more ingrained and widespread art design which I I like much better mm-hmm. for black Angel for me I really just I'm an 80s kid
0: so I really loved the like neon and the different just very drastic very bright very vibrant colors. That he made for this game. But as far as gameplay goes. The game ran really long. I did enjoy our play of it. But it did it did go long. Um, and it felt long. Which I always say is a bad sign.
1: Yes. To be fair. Um, we also had a lot of little rules. That we didn't immediately grasp. So. Part of it was the first play length, so to speak. Um, And it was the first play for all of us. Yes. Um, And I really like the dice drafting part. It's clever. It's simple, but interesting because you have to decide when to spend these limited resources to steal dice or to lock your own dice so they cannot be stolen. And the resources that you use for that are there basically just for that. So it's a, an ongoing economy, but it's an interesting choice nonetheless. There are three colors of dice. Dice run from 0 to 4, which I found it was an inelegant solution for D6s, but fine. 0 to 3. 0 to 3, sorry. 0 to 3. Um, so the four faces on, on the D6 die. And that part I liked. You also have ways to gain more dice, but since you can roll them multiple times, it's not a direct huge advantage, because you use an action to roll one more die and things like that. However, the rest of the game was of no interest to me. It felt very mechanical. For example, you have these aliens. So in the game, we are all aboard this giant ship traveling through space towards a new destination. We are robots uh, managing DNA. And you are exploring the space around your ship with missions. And those were both quanky and long to to set up and boring. Uh, They were like, oh, once you reach this planet and put down this card, you can now spend three gems to get nine points. And that felt extremely underwhelming. You set up all of these mechanisms with the dice and you're ready and you get technologies for special abilities. And also the technology technology Technologies what they give you is, oh, when you activate this row, you get two gems rather than one. And that was a little bit of a disappointment for me.
0: Yeah, it felt very different. Um, It felt... I don't know. Like, thinking about it now, it was very... It was... It just felt very, very long. And I guess that type of game i'm not willing to play for that long like there are some games that you know i really enjoyed and i really you know wouldn't mind a game if it went a little longer but um i mean on mars which we mentioned uh is one of those i really enjoyed it it was super thematic and all this um and but it does run a lot longer than Normal euros, because it's on the very, very hev- heavy end of things. But uh, this game in particular was not something that I was really happy to be playing this long, or for as long as we played it.
1: And think that we decided to use, luckily, the like expert variant, which at least gives you some choice on the cards, and when you acquire new technologies, you have a special unique bonus every time because otherwise it would have been even more repetitive and that's what I felt I felt it was very repetitive we kept putting out new cards and grabbing some technologies not often and even the enemies which are this great threat they are basically oh you accumulate cards on certain location and that make the location a little less efficient or something like that and everything was a big setup for small payout, in my opinion.
0: But I like the art.
1: (laughs) Sure, but there are beautiful games that have beautiful art and uh, also beautiful gameplay, which is, again, what I really like. I have been on fire recently about the um, Raiders of the North Sea and all of the West Kingdom um, saga. And we played it together, too. We played Paladins, and I like how the art is very beautiful, but it relies on very solid Euro mechanisms. Raiders of the North Sea is probably, uh, if not my favorite Viking game up there. Uh, and that's I got into that, that series of games drawn by the art. And then after playing Raiders, I was in love with the designer. And I think that today art in games, good visuals is a sine qua non, but not sufficient. It's needed, but not sufficient. Necessary, I would say, but not sufficient. Because there are so many games that I feel that the aesthetic part is a very good reason to screen out games, but not to screen them in.
0: I don't know if I agree with that. (laughs) I, I mean, to a point, I guess, I agree with that. Do you play ugly games? Of course, I play ugly games. You harass me about my ugly games all the time.
1: See, there is too much ugliness in the world. I cannot, I cannot take the, the ugliness in my games as well. <laughs> One
0: of the quote-unquote ugliest games that uh, you have chastised me for playing is terraforming Mars, which brings us into today's topic.
1: Oh, by the way, you can play ugly games whenever you want. I just won't play them with you. There is no chastising; They just compassion.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs>
1: I, feel, I feel pity for people forced to play ugly games. Also, ugly, I think it doesn't give justice to uh, Terraforming Mars. It Because ugly is like, oh, I don't like the artist, or they forgot to pay for an artist. Here is, they forgot to pay for an artist, therefore they... Uh, reach into their photo drawing and add some clip parts and ask their 18-year-old um, uh, uh, children to to draw some things on, on the spot. Um, so that's beyond ugly, but uh, it is indeed a drafting game. Um, so drafting today, I mean drafting cards. There are other ways of drafting and specifically drafting cards in which you see some cards pass some and uh, get a new set select one or more depending on the game and pass them on there are other draftings there are dice drafting and there are other ways of drafting cards Uh, but that's what we're focusing on today
0: so what would your when we say drafting games what is your like quintessential drafting game that comes to mind
1: so, I got exposed to drafting uh, for the first time with Magic the Gathering, which I think uh, brought popularity to, to the term and to the idea in modern times. I don't know if it was a thing before. Uh, certainly, at some point in Magic the Gathering player circles, um, it started becoming an increasingly popular format. Not when I was playing. I was playing uh, Magic the Gathering only from 95 to 98, something like that. And I was young. We weren't playing tournaments. But then a few years later, in the early two thousand, a friend invited me over to a tournament at Boy board game store. And we drafted and I found it a refreshing change on a game that I wasn't enamored with anymore. And then, of course, the one that brought it to the board game proper scene was Seven Wonders, where the difference with the drafting in Magic was that you were not drafting to prepare a deck to then play, but drafting was the game itself. By selecting the card, you were already um, completing the action that the card intended to do, as opposed to Magic, where you draft a card, it goes into a deck, and then it becomes an element to a different game. Um, so seven wonders for me is what brought it to the four. Um, there was a precedent in something uh, fairy tales, I think, which I played once, and sure I could see the novelty, but seven wonders was much uh, solid and um, much more solid and stronger. So that's my baseline for drafting games, and I compare them to either I like them better than than seven wonders, so they do something better, or I simply don't like them uh, if they are just not
0: up to speed. At first, I thought you were just talking about Magic the Gathering, like the regular game, like not tournament style. I was like, I hate to tell you this, but you've been playing it wrong all these years.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, every round we draw seven cards from our hand and we pass to the other player back and forth. Yeah, yeah.
0: Not at all how you play.
1: Um but I, mean, I... It wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst I have done at Magic the Gathering. I am very, very bad at that game, so
0: <laughs> I like playing that every year at uh Gen Con. Me and my friend go to that every year in Indy and we play uh, two headed giant because I don't keep up with magic as much as I would like but he he plays like religiously every week so it he can update me on what new rules or what new kinds of little mechanisms are in the game and so uh that's why i like playing two-headed giant with him with drafting or we don't draft actually um it's just sealed
1: packs sealed, sealed is the one where you get what three packs and you build the deck from that i think it's like seven so seven between the two of you, or seven each? Seven each, I think. Also, it's a, a very solid, solid array it's of cards. Large, yeah, it's a it's a large amount of cards. But then you build your standard, whatever it is, forty cards deck. Yep. Okay. Yeah, my exposure to Magic in recent years has been very occasional. Is usually when I go back to my hometown for holidays and they bring some new games and they're excited about the new games and then they don't know them. And so myself and Anna, uh, we win most of them and I say, okay, let's play some Magic and put some humility in, into you and I am utterly destroyed. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Last time I went, we played with my cards from I don't know, 96, 1996. So with all these decks that I built, so they were as bad uh, as the one that the opponent was playing because he was also playing one of my decks and he still annihilated me because I don't know what to look for. I don't know how to use one specific card in a better way. Um, But yeah, so yeah, no drafting in the regular game, but a lot of drafting. There is also the idea of a draft cube, which is a set where you choose cards to create basically a small subset of your collection that is particularly aimed to drafting and then you draft inside that. Um, But yeah, it's not part of the game itself, I guess. So what is your proper, you were saying Terraforming Mars is your um, epitomized uh, drafting game?
0: I think so. I think it's the, the game that, when I particularly think of drafting games, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, mostly because I don't particularly care for Seven Wonders.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's I don't want to say it's too light, but it's it's very simplistic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not, it doesn't, like, the I like the mechanism of card drafting, but I don't want to play a game that's only card drafting, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, which seems to be uh, what you were saying before. Um, I tend instead to, to like it quite a bit. I have played a few that are actually lighter than Seven Wonders, and I like them too. I like them for what they do faster, like in Medieval Academy. It's a very good, simple game. I can play it with people who don't want to go into a lot of iconography. Um, so Seven Wonders, for those who haven't played it, you draft cards and each card gives you points in a different way to make it. Uh, simpler so there is a little bit of set collection but which specific parts of the set you you choose are important there are some cards that give you straight up points uh, the blue cards but by doing that you are renouncing resources that are needed to build more cards Uh, you're renouncing military um, cards that are confrontational points like if i get points you lose points Uh, or science which is a specific set collection uh, building Medieval Academy is much simpler is you draft cards, you play cards from your hand. There are simply number cards from one to five in different suits and you move on certain tracks and each track scores you points in a different way at different points of the game. So I tend to like that simplicity of, OK, this is all the choices that I have, but I know that then I will be passing the choice to uh, another player. While it seems to me that you seem to like drafting more as a mechanism that as a, a main process of a game.
0: Yes, although, while you were explaining, I did think of one caveat to that, which is
1: Draftosaurus. <laughs> I, I do that. really like Draftosaurus. I do like it too. It's not technically cards, but it could be, right? Um, I mean, it right. could be not as good. but <laughs>
0: So Draftosaurus is a game where you are drafting miniature dino meeples, and you're placing them somewhere on your board your individual board to score points at the end of the game and it all depends on what the die is rolled so the die will dictate where you can place the meeple that turn except for the person who rolled it they can place it anywhere which i often forget when we're playing (laughs) but i believe i won last time so i don't think it really mattered to me
1: so (laughs) do you feel that you like it i mean beside the unbearable cuteness of the dino Meeples. do you think you like it specifically because it's even simpler so it's just very quick and it only takes you whatever 10 minutes
0: i think that's what it is i think that if a game is going to be as simple a mechanism as car as like drafting i feel like it needs to be faster than seven wonders because i feel like sometimes people can agonize over just which card is the best for me in this situation. And then as the ages go go on, the the things that you're giving up are more important because you're getting towards the end of the game. So you have to look at your, what you've built up so far and what people next you have built up and, and like the specifically like with the military, like, Oh, if I don't get this and the next person gets this, then they're going to, you know, attack me with the military strength and, and all that. So it, I don't know. It feels a little cumbersome mm-hmm. to me.
1: So uh, have you played Medieval Academy?
0: Yeah, I didn't like
1: it. <laughs> no so that's still too 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 many things for not enough payout for you. Um, there are a few that I, I don't know at this point if you would hate it even more. Um, like going towards the simplest end of the scale, although not as simple as... Uh, Draftosaurus, one that I like a lot is by Stonemaier Games Between Two Cities I Maybe. actually really like Between Two Cities <laughs> See, because I It's probably again because it's on the very fast end of the spectrum it doesn't require you to to deal with the limitation of drafting, I imagine but then be bogged down into minutiae. Um, Between two cities is very original and then you are drafting stuff around but you are collaborating with the two players on your right and on your left and building cities, basically building score machines, these cities will be scored at the end of the game Um, but you are trying to keep both fine so it's a little bit of the opposite of a regular drafting game in which you choose what you want, but you choose to pass something that works well with your co- sheer construction and works very poorly with the other.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's very, it's very like, I don't know, it's very straightforward. I feel like I don't feel like I'm agonizing over like, oh, well, I really need this or I really need that. I feel like, okay, well, clearly I need this and this and I can just pass the stuff along. So that's why I think I like that one. Plus, I really like the scoring mechanism of you have to have the highest like pair of cities. You um so it
1: to have the highest lowest. So it's Nizja style.
0: Right, right. That's what I meant. It's yeah. the yeah. That's what I like too about that.
1: And to keep going on this theme is um, and connecting back to Magic the Gathering. So Garfield, the designer of Magic the Gathering, designed a drafting game a couple of years ago, three years ago, called Bunny Kingdom, which I found had too much stuff for being a drafting game. So I imagine you wouldn't like it, but um, you never know. You should try it. It has uh, also a board. uh, So you draft for position on the boards, but you also draft for straight up points or for enhancing your position on the board. Um, and it's interesting, it's different, it has grid. Um, I didn't end up liking it, but a lot of people like it. it, it. It was okay, I just didn't end up buying it or wanting to play it a lot more. I played it a couple of times, so it wasn't one that turned me off. But I wonder if that would make it even worse for you or if it would transcend into a Terraforming Mars style where, yes, drafting is there, but you build upon it. I did get, like, a a blurb about it, and
0: I played a, a couple of rounds at a convention. I believe it was Pax Unplugged this last year because we were just walking around, and the table was open, and they were like, oh, do you want to learn about Bunny Kingdom? And we sat down, and unfortunately, um, I guess there are some expansions for it, so they decided to sort of all-encompass <laughs> everything into our rule explanation. So... We didn't get, like, the base game explanation. I feel like because he had to explain all the things to us that he didn't get to go as in-depth as maybe one would want were they really playing the game. So we ended up not really caring for it. It was kind of confusing. I'm. It was the expansion that we were playing with, like, adds another board and it makes it into the sky and then you have to, like do things through the clouds and it was it was a little much for again for what it was so um the other thing i was gonna say is that my partner scott doesn't really particularly care for drafting games I know. So that also kind of puts a damper on some games for me. But he loves Draftosaurus. But I think, again, that's from the cuteness perspective and that it plays quick. The reason why he doesn't like them is because he doesn't know all of the options, which I feel like is important in certain games that have drafting, like Blood Rage by Eric Lang. You need to know what cards are out there in order to make the best decision about the hand that you are drafting from because you need to know like oh well there there are specific cards that are for specific strategies and that you have to really you know watch out if people start getting a certain number of of these kinds of cards and and he doesn't particularly care for blood rage i think for that reason
1: which I feel it's a, a problem in general. Sometimes people describe Blood Rage or Seven Wonders, etc., as as being unfair. Or having... I think that compared to the complexities, drafting games require a very deliberate way of teaching, in which, as you were mentioning, much like, for a completely different reason, Trader games, the complexity of the rules does not exhaust the complexity of the explanation. Again, when you're explaining Blood Rage, you have to go into the detail of what the lucky strategy can be. Or when you're explaining Seven Wonders, you have to explain that uh, the green cards, you either get a lot of them or you don't. and But at the same time, you want to keep an eye on other players and how you can waste cards in Seven Wonders with uh, the wonder building that you don't want and you want to make someone else not have them. So I feel that that's partially a problem and I feel very strongly about topics of rules teaching and i feel that drafting games add an added complexity in that as you were saying you need to the, from the get go to inject some pointers which is something that usually i try not to do i like to let players explore games on their own but on on drafting games you need to make them aware of some pitfalls or some highways
0: yeah i totally agree with that and i do appreciate i often get to uh hear your explanation of games and and i can attest that you very blatantly explain there is the loki strategy there is the 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 green cards you very clearly state that every time we play with someone who's who's new to the game because i like you said it is such a an important element but then like could that not be said about most drafting games
1: Oh yeah, drafting games, definitely. Um, what the, the point that I was trying to say is that it's not as necessary in other games. In other games, sure, you could give them some ideas, but games that have multiple strategies that do not rely on stopping other people from doing it is you can do this, this, and that, just explore. So to try and bring some positivity in this, I'm sorry to dra- drag you into a, a mechanism that you don't particularly enjoy. Let's talk about the Reforming Mars in how what does that game do to take drafting and make it a positive
0: so first i will say there is an option of playing terraforming mars without drafting where you just draw seven cards i believe and you just pick from those if you want to keep them and purchase them to use later or not which is a very i don't know it's kind of sad when you have less options see but i do enjoy the like hate drafting of terraforming mars so basically in terraforming mars you are trying to raise up different levels of inhabitability of mars so you're trying to raise temperature you're trying to raise the oxygen level uh you're trying to get water on the planet so through those different ways, you can score different points, and then the cards are very thematic in the sense that certain cards do require having certain oxygen levels or a certain amount of lakes to be built, and that really ties them in thematically, and I really, I, I don't know, it just makes it feel like they really thought about the game. Um, when it's tied in so thematically like that, so the the other option for which is the good and probably only option is uh, to draft cards in a circle with other people and get your hand that way, and then choose from those cards which ones you want to purchase. It's at the beginning of each round and at the be- and at the beginning of the game. So you're drafting to get different options for yourself, but also to take them away from other people. Because in Terraform Mars, the hate drafting is real. <laughs> if you see, you know, someone going for animal cards or going for, they get extra points every time they play a space card or an immediate action card, then you might be more inclined to say, you know, I don't really need anything from this hand, but I know that the person next to me needs this or they will benefit highly from this card. So let me let me just take this and then you don't even have to buy it. You cuz you have to purchase the cards out of your hand to then keep them. So you get the seven cards or however many it is and then you have the option of purchasing them or just simply discarding them. So it's very very mean which is my favorite. <laughs>
1: Well, I feel that while I, as I said, I like the simplicity of the just drafting games, uh, where uh, drafting is included into, then you do something else. What it adds, which is very precious to me, is not only during the drafting, you're keeping an eye on what other people need and can do, but also the information, which is what I think makes it sometimes overwhelming for new players. I'm thinking of Blood Rage, where not only I know that you want this power, and so I will stop you from getting that power, and that's drafting two, right? Drafting one is, I draft what I need. Drafting two is, I draft what you need in order for you not to have it. But then there is a third level to drafting, which is, okay, even the things that I pass to you, I now know that someone has that card. So maybe I didn't need it. Maybe I didn't feel strongly enough that I need to stop you, but now I need to calculate to make that knowledge part of my strategy. Say in Blood Rage, if there is the the monster that comes in and destroys all of my warriors, I don't want to have a strong warrior contingent and things like that. And so that's something that it's very hard to pull off with just drafting. So I do appreciate games that step into what do you do with your drafted cards now? So that add a third element that I guess that's true also in Terraforming Mars. I haven't played it, so I don't know.
0: I have to admit that uh, I'm not the greatest at uh, the third level, which you described. So that is probably why I do so poorly at Blood Rage. (laughs) At remembering who has what. But you have very, very good memory. That's true. That's true. It's, no, no, no. It's less about memori- memorizing what people have. I know what people have. I just don't think about it. As I'm, like, calculating my moves, I often will go, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. Let me move to this area. And then someone will, you know, com- come in and completely destroy everything that I worked for that whole turn. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you did get that. I forgot.
1: Okay. So... <laughs>
0: Um, But Terraforming Mars, um, what was your question about
1: it? So do you feel that's also there? Can you, let's say I have the, I don't know, build the Christmas tree park on Mars, whatever the card is. Is there a way to know, let's say that you know that my cards require oxygen 20. Again, I'm making numbers up because I haven't played the game. But is there a way to, once I know you have a card, prevent you from getting the things that you need to build it?
0: not always. So sometimes it's very clear, like you have to have like a maximum oxygen of this level. So you can push the oxygen up to make it so that the person can't play their card. So there's definitely some options for that. It's not as clear or focused, I think. Um, You do have to kind of work around certain things. There's just a lot of different aspects going on in that game because of the three different ways that you're trying
1: to the yeah the three different tracks that you're trying to increase so the the stopping the blocking happens mostly in the in the drafting phase yes okay okay one last mention uh, a couple of very quick mentions of drafting games that i think are interesting to people who do like drafting one is oceanos which has a very weird drafting but also adds a build your own ship with upgrades which is something that I really like your your submarine not a ship and then the other one is treasure hunters which sits somewhere between I think seven wonders and between two cities in terms of complexity you draft specific sets to score from specific offerings that change every turn so you're drafting the same cards every round but every round you are looking for something different so that those are other two that I think are fun and quick to play Anything else that you wanted to add? Not
0: particularly. (laughs) Blood Rage is a very good game that I enjoy. I know we briefly mentioned it, but it is area control, so it is very mean and attacky. (laughs) So I do enjoy that game a lot. Um, I think I played Oceanos once with you, and I don't really remember it. So I don't know if that's... It may be good in the sense that it didn't leave a negative impression with me, but um, possibly also bad since I can't really recall anything about it.
1: Well, it's hard to say in general. We play so many games that it's hard to say, oh, I don't remember that because it wasn't significant or I don't remember that because I played four other games in the same day and then another 200 in the following months, right? (laughs) That's true. I feel like, there are a bunch of other drafting styles. For example, um, I would argue that when you recruit monsters and special powers in Rising Sun, you are doing a kind of draft where if I pick something, you cannot pick. But today we wanted to focus on the passing the deck, passing multiple decks simultaneously. So I guess a simultaneous draft, uh, which is what we focus on for, for today's discussion. So do we want... I don't know if you can even do it, but do you have three of your best picks for for drafting games can you make it to three yeah
0: <laughs> so on the heavier end of things i would say my favorite one would be terraforming mars and then after that probably would be blood rage and then the third coming out of nowhere <laughs> would be draftosaurus
1: fair enough very very different i think while i do really really like uh, blood rage um I think when I'm thinking of drafting, Blood Rage doesn't come to mind immediately. I know there is drafting in it, but if I had to rank my three favorite uh, drafting experiences, it would probably be number three, a Medieval Academy, which I like for its simplicity, or Draftosaurus, one of the two. Um, but I think Medieval Academy has something more in terms of drafting Draftosaurus. Often I don't even get to check what other people are doing. Uh, but it's so quick. That's good. So uh, probably Medieval Academy on number three. Uh, between two cities on number two. And I think Seven Wonders is still uh, king of the drafts for me. Anton Bowser did a wonderful job with it. I know that has now been around for a long time. Also, depending on what expansions you play with, people like it more or less. I play with cities all the time to have more options. I don't like leaders. We used to have Babel, but I liked it, but people seem not to care for it. So we traded it away. And I'm very curious about playing more of the Armada, the last one. So for me, Seven Wonders, surprisingly so, is still where it's at. It's the one that made me fall in love with drafting. It's really, really something that I like when I hear of a drafting game. uh, I'm on the opposite end of you. Drafting piques my interest. Um, I feel like there is so much to explore in a draft. Compared to the depth of the game. So it increases the depth uh, with a very simple twist. Seasons also has thinking of games that use drafting to do something else. Seasons has a draft uh, at the beginning. But yeah, for me, it's Draftosaurus or Medieval Academy, people can pick between two cities and uh, Seven Wonders on number one for me.
0: So would you say Seven Wonders, the base game by itself, or Seven Wonders with expansions?
1: I do play with the expansion all the time, but I do think that if someone doesn't like the base game, the expansions will not make them like it. Fair enough. So I think that brings us to the end of our
0: podcast. So I would like to thank everybody again for listening. And I guess we're signing out.
1: (laughs) Sure. uh, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening until now, if you did. And see you next time. I'm Jackie.
0: And I'm Nathan. And this is Board Game Gambit.
1: Bye.